So, you know, this weekend, we're going to continue talking about faith. You know, faith is so crucial in our lives. Let me show you this verse, all right, in Matthew 21 and verse 21. The Bible says here, Then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it shall happen. You can pray for anything, and if you have faith, you will receive it. What a powerful promise from God. God says that if we have faith, you can pray about anything and you shall receive it. So faith is so important in our lives. However, what's stopping us from having faith? Why do people struggle with having faith? Well, fear is the enemy of faith. Fear holds us back from having faith in our lives. That's why this weekend, I want to share with you about faith versus fear. Faith versus fear. Do you have faith or do you have fear in your life? There's a big difference between faith and fear. And we're going to see what happens when we have fear. But more importantly, what happens to our life when we have faith? So it's my neighbor and say, faith versus fear. Faith versus fear. So we all have fears in our life. Fear of failure, fear of disappointment. We all have different fears that we have. And, you know, I just want to say that even for you guys right now, perhaps even sitting in this service, maybe there are fears in your life. There are negative thoughts that are dominating your mind. And here are some of the most interesting fears that people have, right? One of them is this. It's called hydrophobia. What is that? It's the fear of water. Strange phobia, right? Hydrophobia. Another one is this. It's emetophobia. What is that? It's the fear of vomit. It's like, ugh, emetophobia. Another one is this, is obesophobia. What is that? The fear of gaining weight. Some of us, we have obesophobia, right? Another one is this, didaskalenophobia. What is that? It's the fear of school. So all the uni, poly students right now, next time you don't feel like going to school, go and tell a doctor this. <laughs> Say, I have didaskalinophobia, the fear of school. Another one is this, is trypophobia. It's the fear of objects with irregular patterns of holes. It's like, oh, I can see all your faces. Let's show another photo, all right? Perhaps iPhone 21 is going to be like this. And according to psychology science, 16% of people experience an uneasiness around the whole patterns. Another one is this. It's called caserida phobia. And what is caserida phobia? 
it is the fear of cockroaches. <laughs> How many of you here, you have cassavidophobia? Wow, lots of people. So next time you see a cockroach in your house, you go, ah, I have cassavidophobia. <laughs> Pastor Lina, you know, she has coasterphobia. And she allows me to share this. So what is coasterphobia, right? It is the fear of roller coasters. <laughs> so when we went to Disneyland, the fastest ride that we took was actually the Winnie the Pooh's kids ride. <laughs> Basically the same one that Ethan and Kirsten will take. <laughs> so you get the idea. All right, let's give Pastor Lynette a round of applause. So let's take a roller coaster again next time in the future. No, okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll do it with Alethea. <laughs> so we're going to train her not to have coaster phobia, right? <laughs> so we all have fears in our life, right? Fears of failure, fears of regret, fears of disappointment. So we're going to look into a story in the Bible in Numbers 13 and 14. And we want to study a group of people who were fearful. And we're going to see what happens when we have fear in our lives. So to give you a background, in Numbers 13, you know, God has led the children of Israel out of Egypt. And now, God wants to bring them into the promised land. And so God told Moses, Moses, send out 12 spies to go and explore the land. Go and survey and bring back a report on the land. So Moses sent out 12 spies, and so these 12 spies, they went, and now they brought back a report. And instead of going in with the eyes of faith, they went in with the eyes of fear. They brought back a very negative and fearful report. And so this is what happens when we have fear. So let's pick up the story in Numbers 13, verse 27. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here's the kind of food it produces, but the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites, and the land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. So number one, this is what fear does to us. Firstly, fear exaggerates our problems. Fear exaggerates our problems. Fear makes our problems seem larger than it really is. It exaggerates our problems in our life. Look at verse 28 again. You see, the spies, they said, it is a beautiful land. It is a bountiful country. It is flowing with milk and honey. But the people there are really scary. Have you checked out those guys over there? They are giants. And they are not SF giants. The friendly giants that you want to watch them play baseball. They are scary. The towns are large. Fortified. How can we ever go against them? You see, fear exaggerates our problems. 
And if you think about it, you know, God had just delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt. And you must understand that at that point of time, Egypt is the world's superpower. It is the world's powerhouse. It is like China, America, Russia. Powerful nation. And so God has delivered them from the most powerful nation. But now, they are afraid about some local tribes. The land they were going to face, the tribes they were going to face, were far less powerful than the nation of Egypt. And so if God can deliver them from the nation of Egypt, surely God can give them the victory to conquer the promised land. God can give them the victory to conquer the promised land. But this is what happens when we have fear in our lives. When you look at your problems with fear, it gets larger and larger. Fear exaggerates our problems. If you go on to verse 32, the spies also say that the land will devour anyone who goes to live there. And this word devour in Hebrew is akar. And you're going to do it with the Hebrew sound like akar. Akar, right? And this word there means to eat up. So the spies are really saying, this land is so scary that it eats up its inhabitants. This land is so scary that it will eat us all alive. It's like today, you and I, we walk on Orchard Road. And we say, this Orchard Road, this land is so scary. It's going to eat us up. Sounds pretty ridiculous, right? Sounds like a silly statement. But this is what fear does. Fear causes us to exaggerate our problems. It makes our problem seems larger and bigger than it really is. So sitting here, perhaps we have fears in our life and we start to exaggerate our problems. It could be in school, your workplace, you start to exaggerate your problem. You look at this project and you say it is impossible to be done. You give all the excuses to your boss, your superior, the people around you, and you say there is no way we can solve this. In fact, when they say, let's do this, let's try another method, you give 10,000 reasons why it cannot be done. You're giving excuses after excuses. Fear exaggerates our problems. Some of us here, we think, my friends are too hard to reach. Have you seen my friends? I've been praying for them, but nothing happens. You see, do you see my friend? They are like the antichrist. They are so difficult. Fear exaggerates our problems. So today, I want to challenge all of us here. Let's not have fear because fear exaggerates our problems. Instead, we've got to be people of faith. We've got to believe that God is with us, that God can come true for us, that God can give us the victory. So number one, fear exaggerates our problems. The second thing that fear does is this. Go to with me to Numbers 13 and verse 33. Numbers 13, verse 33. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. 
So the second thing about fear is this, is that fear causes us to underestimate our abilities. Fear causes you and I to underestimate our abilities. We think that we are not good enough, that we are not smart, that we do not have the abilities to solve the obstacles in our life. And the spies said that next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. Have you heard anyone say before that I want to be a grasshopper? You know, we all say, I want to be bold as lion, courageous and loyal as a dog. We want to soar like eagle. We want to be wise as serpents, innocent as dove. Nobody says, my dream is to be a grasshopper. I want to be a bug. I want to be an insect. That is my dream. Nobody does that. But this is what fear does to us. Fear causes us to underestimate our abilities, to make us feel insecure, to make us think that we are good for nothing, to make us think that we do not have the abilities to solve the problems in life. If you think about the children of Israel, if you think about the spies, God told them to size up the situation, but not to size up themselves. God's command to them was to size up the situation. Go to the land, check it out, bring back a report. That's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to size up the situation. But instead of sizing up the situation, the spies, they size up themselves. They said, we are not good enough. We are grasshoppers. We don't have the abilities. We are not talented enough there is no way we can conquer the promised land. More than just giving the land a bad report, they gave themselves a bad report. This is what fear does to us. Fear causes us to underestimate our abilities. But today, Heart of God Church, I want to encourage you. God has given you and I here abilities. He has a great future for all of us. Believe in it, that you have the abilities to solve the problems in your life. With God, all things are possible. God is with you. So do not doubt, but have faith. Don't let anyone limit your abilities. Rise up in faith. Believe that you can do it. So this is the second thing that fear does to us. The third thing that fear does to us is this, is that fear makes us give up and blame God. Fear makes us give up, it makes us blame God. And if you look at the children of Israel in Numbers 14 verse 3, it says, Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? So eventually, fear makes us give up and blame God. So the spies and the Israelites, they gave up. Instead of going into the promised land, they say it is impossible. Sadly, the 10 spies, they gave up. They never go into the promised land. And if you think about it, 
God did not hold the spies back from going into the promised land. God never said, you cannot go into the promised land. But guess what? It was their fear, their fears that held them back from the promised land. Today, Heart of God Church, don't let your fears hold you back from the destiny and the plans and the future that God has for you. Don't let it hold you back. Your fears can hold you back from your destiny. Your fears can be a destiny killer. Don't let your fears hold you back. But instead, be a person of faith. So fear makes us give up. More than that, fear makes us blame God. Fearful people blame God for not answering their prayers. They blame God for the situations in their life. They blame God for all the problems and the obstacles they're going through. This is what fear does. They are negative, fearful thoughts, and all these things dominate their life. And eventually, they give up and they blame God. And what's sad is that the 10 spies, they never made it to the promised land. There were 12 of them, 12 spies. Only two spies made it to the promised land. So let me read out the 10 spies, their names to you, all right? So these are their names. Their names are Shumara, Shafat, Iga, Pati, Gadia, Gadi, Amir, Safu, Nabi, Gua. As I read out all these names, how many of you guys recognize any of their names? And you're thinking, Pastor Charleston, do you make all these names up? Do you just throw out some Hebrew names so they will get confused? Go and read your Bible. They're in Numbers 13. The point is this. Nobody remembers the fearful people. Nobody remembers the quitters. Nobody remembers those who give up. Nobody remembers those who blame God. But everyone remembers Joshua and Caleb because they are the faith-filled people. They had faith to conquer the promised land. They had faith to claim the victory that God has given them. That's why we got to be people of faith and not fear. Everyone only remembers Joshua and Caleb. And that's what we need to do. We need to be people of faith. Because fear makes us give up. Fear makes us blame God. Maybe some of us here, we have given up and we have started to blame God. You know, for all the leaders here, maybe you have given up that your connect groups can break through. If you are leading a zone, zone leaders, zone managers, maybe you have given up that your zone can break through. Today, I want to encourage you, don't give up but have faith that you can break through. Some of us here, as parents, you have given up on your children, or you have given up on your marriages, or in your studies, you have given up that you can do well in life, or towards your health, you have given up hope that you can be well again, or you are now like oversized, and you have given up hope that you can stay healthy for Jesus. Or for salvation, you know, you have given up praying for your friends, 
given up believing that your friends can get saved. And you know, I can keep going on list after list of things that we have all given up. So today, if there's any areas in your life that you have given up, don't let fear hold you back. But instead, be people of faith. So I encourage all of us here, do not have fear in your lives. Because fear exaggerates our problems. Fear causes us to underestimate our abilities. Fear makes us give up and blame God. So we cannot live in fear. But on the other hand, we want to have faith. We want to be people of faith. We want to be bold, courageous. We want to be fearless. So how do we be fearless in life? How do we have faith in our life? How do we be fearless? Very simple, fearless. If you want to be fearless, you have to fear less. Stop having fears in your life. Fear less and have faith. The Bible says in Isaiah 41, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. God tells us, do not fear in your life. So how the God church, come on. If we want to be fearless, let's fear less. Do not fear. Stop having fearful thoughts. Stop being negative. Stop saying it's impossible. But have faith. Believe that God is with you. Have faith in your life. So tell your neighbor, let's fear less. So we want to fear less. And we want to be people of faith. So how do we become people of faith? What happens when we have faith, not fear? The first thing is this, is that when we have faith, faith shrinks our problems. Faith shrinks our problems. When you have faith, your perspective is different. When you have faith, suddenly your problems doesn't seem so big. You have faith to overcome any obstacle or difficulty they're going through. You know, Pastor Lee once taught us that peace does not mean you don't have problems, but peace means problems don't have you. So when we follow Jesus, when we have the peace of God in our lives, when we have faith, it does not mean we don't have problems. It does not mean we don't have any more troubles or obstacles. But when we follow Jesus, when we have faith, it means that problems don't have us. When you have faith, it shrinks your problems. Your perspective change. Now you believe that all things are possible. Now you believe that you can overcome any problems and any obstacles in your life. This is what faith does. Look at Matthew 19, verse 26. 
Jesus looked at them and said, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Save me, but with God. All things are possible. The Bible says that all things are possible with God. Not just one thing, not just a few things, not just some things or most things. But the Bible says, but with God, with Jesus in your life, all things are possible because faith shrinks our problems. You are an overcomer. God is with you. So we all have problems in our life. Don't tell God you have a big problem. Tell your problem you have a big God. Don't tell God you have a big problem. A lot of times we come before God and we say, God, have you seen my big problem? Have you seen what I'm going through? Have you seen how difficult this is? So don't tell God you have a big problem. But instead, tell your problem that we serve a big God. Tell your problems that you cannot grow bigger, but I can grow bigger. That God is with me. God is with us. Tell your problems that I serve the God of the entire universe. And God can give me the wisdom, the ideas, the strategies, the strength to solve any problems in my life. This is what faith does. So we got to be people of faith. You know, I remember years ago, there was once I was getting ready to get on stage and to do a segment. And I was getting ready, but I didn't tell anyone, but I was actually feeling nervous. I mean, it's quite a terrifying thing to stand on stage, all right? And so I was feeling nervous, started to have fearful thoughts. And then suddenly, as I was just rehearsing, running through my parts, suddenly I felt someone put his arms around me. And then I turned and looked, and I saw it was Pastor Howe. And Pastor Howe smiled at me. And what he told me next will change my life forever. He said, you know, Charleston, remember how David charged at Goliath. He didn't walk to Goliath, but he charged at Goliath. In the same way, when you go on stage later, charge at Goliath. Charge at your fears. Don't be intimidated, but believe that God is with you. You know what? Those words changed my life forever. After Pastor told me that, I stopped having fears. I said, I'm not going to feel nervous anymore. I'm going to go up with faith. And on that day, I went up on stage with faith. And I charged at Goliath. I charged at my fears. I charged at the problems in my life. So today for all of you guys here, what do you have to charge at in your life? What fears do you have? Charge at your fears. What obstacles are you going through? Charge at your problems. What are you facing? Charge at it. What giants you are facing? Charge at your giants. God 
is with you. Don't tell God you have a big problem, but tell your problem, we serve a big God. He is with us. So charge at your fears. Charge at your problems. Go in faith and not fear. So number one, faith shrinks our problems. The second thing is this, is that faith leads to the breakthrough. Faith leads to the breakthrough. That's why we've got to be people of faith. Because faith leads to the breakthrough. Faith breaks barriers. Faith takes ground. Faith makes things happen. You know, when fear knocks on the door, let faith answer. When fear is knocking, when you're having fearful thoughts, let faith answer. When you think you cannot break through, let faith answer. When you think it's impossible, let faith answer. When fear is knocking, let faith answer. Do not let fear be your default answer. But instead, let faith be your default answer. Anytime you have fears, negativity, bad things, let faith be the default answer in your life. So let faith be the default answer. So what breakthroughs are you believing for? All the leaders here have faith that your connect groups, your zones can break through. Have faith that this will be our best year yet. The future will be amazing. That we're going to see revival like never before. And you know, men and women all throughout history, they have been passionate about reaching the lost. They've been loving people, passionate about souls. So there's a man of God by the name of George Whitfield. He's a hero of faith. And he was born in 1714. And after graduating from Oxford University, he started preaching the gospel. George was a man of faith. He had faith for breakthrough. And so in 1739, George Whitfield set sail to America to preach the gospel. And in those days, it took him one and a half months to three months just to travel to America. In comparison, it takes eight hours by flight to travel from England to America today. So talk about commitment. These people will travel months just to preach the gospel. Think about it. Will you pray for months for your friend's salvation? So George Whitfield had faith to preach the gospel all throughout America for one whole year. And America's great spiritual awakening was sparked largely by George Whitfield preaching tour of 1739 to 1740. And though only 25 years old at the point of time, George Whitfield, he took America by storm. During his first preaching tour, he traveled thousands of miles all throughout America going to all the different cities, such as Boston, New York, Philadelphia. 
and he'll preach to huge crowds that sometimes exceed 15,000 people. And so as he did that, major revival sparked off in America. Many people gave their hearts to Jesus. And his final sermon of the preaching tour was at Boston. And so he preached in this place in Boston Commerce. And he drew a crowd of more than 23,000 people. It was probably the largest crowd that had gathered in America at that point of time. You know, George Whitfield, he would travel a total of seven times to America. So can you imagine, every time he goes to America, it's like three months. Every time he goes back to his hometown, it will be three months again. And so he would do this for seven times to America. He would travel to other places such as Scotland, Ireland, Holland, and many more. In his lifetime, Bible scholars estimated that Whitfield preached at least 18,000 times to perhaps more than 10 million people. And one of George Whitfield's most iconic prayers is this. He would pray, Oh Lord, give me souls or take my soul. Give me souls or take my soul. What a bold, audacious, courageous prayer. Give me souls or take my soul. Imagine if all of us here in this service start praying prayers like this. Imagine we pray, God, give me souls or take my soul. Give me salvation or take my soul. Give me revival or take my soul. If we start praying prayers like this, I believe we will see revival in every demographic in Heart of God Church. Revival will spark off. It will happen. Breakthroughs will happen in the name of Jesus. God will do great things. We will see revivals in every zone. Wherever we go, we will see revival. You may be seated. So let's pray this prayer. Let's pray bold, audacious, powerful prayers. Let's be passionate for souls. Let's believe for breakthrough. No wonder God used him so mightily. And so I want to challenge all the zones here to believe for breakthrough as well. I want to challenge all of us here, pray this prayer. God, give us souls or take our soul. Let's be passionate for the lost. Let's believe that God is with us. That we will see salvation. We will see revival. We will see breakthroughs like never before. Lift up your eyes. All the zones here. Believe it. See it. Because faith, faith leads to the breakthrough. Amen. Tell your neighbor, faith leads to the breakthrough. Thank you. You may be seated. So we want to have the same passion and fire for souls. We want to see revival in our church. And I'm glad because in Heart of God Church, the passion for souls is still happening today. So let's be passionate for souls. Let's continue to love other people. And so we've got to be people of faith. We've got to fear less. 
So we want to fear less because number one, fear exaggerates our problems. Fear causes us to underestimate our abilities. And finally, fear makes us give up and blame God. But on the other hand, when we have faith, faith shrinks our problems. Faith will lead us to the breakthrough. So we got to be people of faith. So in closing, I want to share one last thought with you. And remember the story about Moses and the 12 spies, right? And out of the 12 spies, only two made it to the promised land. The other 10 spies, they were fearful, they had a negative report, and they never went to the promised land. Only two spies did. And the two spies are Joshua and Caleb. And we all know that Joshua, he would take over Moses as the next leader of the children of Israel. And so, now we're going to come to this story in Joshua chapter 2, and it is one generation later. Sadly, that generation that saw with the eyes of fear, they never made it to the promised land. Them, the 10 spies, they never make it. And right now, Joshua, Caleb, and a brand new generation of Israelites, they are about to enter the promised land. And in the same way, you know, Joshua, he also sent spies to go and explore the land. See, being a good leader, you will go and send out spies to check out the situation, to give a report. But here is where it gets really interesting. You're going to see a huge difference. Let's go to Joshua chapter 2 and verse 1. Then Joshua secretly sent out two spies from the Israeli camp at Acacia Grove. And he instructed them, scout out the land on the other side of the Jordan River, especially around Jericho. Notice that Joshua, this time round, he didn't send out 12 spies. He only sent two spies. Why did he only send two spies? Because I can imagine that Joshua, he remembered the lesson. He remembered last time when the 12 spies went out. He was one of them. Caleb was one of them. And I can imagine that Joshua and Caleb, they were there saying, come on guys, let's go. Let's take the promised land. Let's make things happen. But you know what? The other 10 spies, they said, it's impossible. We can't do it. And they see the eyes of fear. And you know what? These 10 spies, they started infecting each other. More than that, they infected the entire generation of the nation of Israel. And sadly, they all didn't make it to the promised land. And what Joshua said, this time round, I remember it. I'm not going to send 12 spies. I'm not going to send fearful people to spy out the land. I'm going to remove all the fears in my life. I'm going to send my two best spies. And two spies who are faithful, two spies who have faith in their life. I'm going to send two spies to check out the land. And these two spies are faith-filled. You see, how to God church, all you need is a little faith. All you need is two spies. You do not need 12 spies in your life. Get rid of the negative thoughts. Get rid of the negative fears in your life. Get rid of the 10 other spies. Even if you only have two spies, two spies is all you need. Even if you only have a little faith, a little faith is all you need. The Bible says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, 
you can speak to this mountain and it shall be done. All you need is a little faith. All you need is a little faith. If you only have two good things happening in your life, focus on that. All you need is two spies. Today, Heart of God Church, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, all things are possible. And let's look at the report that these spies bring. Joshua 2, verse 23 to verse 24. Then the two spies came down from the hill country, crossed the Jordan River, and reported to Joshua all that had happened to them. The Lord has given us the whole land, they said, for all the people in the land are terrified of us. Wow! I love the response of the two spies. They say, we went there and the Lord says that God has given us the entire land. In fact, the people there, they are terrified of us. And you know what? Because of these two spies' report, because of their faith-filled report, now the children of Israel, they are ready to conquer the promised land. Now they are ready to go. Now they are ready to make things happen. Now they are ready for revival. Now they are ready for breakthrough like never before. Now they are ready. Now they are ready. Amen. As we all know, the rest is history. Because of this two spies report, in the end, Joshua, Caleb, the two spies, and the new generation of Israelites, they conquered the promised land. And wherever their feet stepped on, wherever they went in, God gave them the victory. Today, Heart of God Church, will you have faith like a master seed? All we need is that little bit of faith. We may not have a lot of faith, but all we need is that little bit of faith. And we got to get rid of the negative thoughts in our life. Get rid of the tense spies in your life. Get rid of the fearful thoughts in your life. And as we get rid of the fearful thoughts, Heart of God Church, get ready for breakthrough. Get ready to conquer the promised land. Get ready to walk into the blessings into all the things that God has prepared for us. Because God is a good God. And if God is for us, nobody can be against us. With God in our lives, we are the head, not the tail, above and not beneath. God is with us. God is for us. So Heart of God Church, walk into your promised land. Walk into your future. Walk into the destiny, the plans, that God has for you. Do not shrink back, but move forward in faith. Move forward, move forward. God is with us. Believe that a breakthrough can happen. Believe that miracles, revivals can happen in Jesus' name. You have reached the end of the sermon. We pray that you've been blessed by the Word of God. To find out more about us, you can log on to www.heartofgodchurch.org or connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at HOGC.